Flow Bowling presents Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good? Mike, 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 what's happening, man? I, I hear you're uh, you're off from school, huh? You're you're done for the summer. School's out. Oh, it's a glorious podcast, Rob. It's the first podcast where I am done work for the summer. Man, that must be nice. Tell me, what is that like? Not working for a summer? Ah, it's wonderful. Uh, you 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 tend to forget what day it is. My wife and I. My wife's also a teacher. She is off during the summer, and we often have to ask each other, what day is it today? Mm, that's unbelievable. My brother is the same way, man. He gets to go to Vegas for three weeks. He gets to go wherever the hell he wants to because of the summer vacay. So I'm jealous, man. Just, you know, I'll be slaving in an office somewhere, man. So enjoy the summer for me, bro. I feel for you. I feel for you, Rob. Shout to Dave, by the way. Enjoy your summer, Dave. <laughs> on the other hand i'm going to be in vegas next week uh to bowl the two amateur tournaments and uh bowl the usbc national tournament so uh we'll see how that goes but i've been practicing you know getting my game together so i shipped out uh six bowling balls to vegas 175 dollars it cost me to ship six balls out well you better win some brackets get that dough back you know I just got to, I, I got to go back to the old school, man. Send it in all button, every squad. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to keep the people informed on uh, your performance out there, Rob. Uh, hopefully you're not dumpster diving, Mike. You know, I, I don't need to be on the, on the bottom, but I, I normally have a pretty good showing every year when I go, but this will be the first year that I'll be going representing sweep the rack podcast. So, you know, there might be a crowd watching behind me at every squad that I bowl now. Yo, listeners, say what's up to Rob if you see him at the lanes in Vegas. Is that the team name, Rob? Is the team name Sweep the Rack? It is, yes. Oh, big things. Breaking news going down. I know. We're sponsoring my team, and we, don't, and we didn't even know it. Yeah, I ain't sponsoring shit, so don't ask me. <laughs> you know, but, but if we uh, win, Rob, you're going to want yeah, true, true. I'll take a piece of that if you uh, if you hit it out there. Uh, so, Rob, not only is it a glorious uh, night for me or week for me because I'm done work, but it's uh, a glorious week for our listeners because we got a we got a good one lined up for them tonight. All right, so Rob, first up tonight, we have a recent U, uh, women's U.S. Open winner, Danielle McEwen. And what, Rob, what a performance that was! Holy shit! I mean, you want to talk about serial killer stees? Some of the best clutch bowling that I've ever witnessed on on TV, honestly. Like really. Oh my like, God. It was it was it was Pete Weber esque. Ah, uh, better Pete than Pete above Pete Weber esque. How about that? Well, she she did do it in back to back games too. So Rob, we're excited to have her. Let's bring her on. Uh we welcome tonight Danielle Danielle McEwen. Hi guys. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? All right, excellent. Doing well. Congratulations on your win. Thank you so much. So, you know, as bowlers and as two people who watch an extreme amount of bowling, you know, the first thing we want to ask you about is those shots in the in the semifinal and the final and the tenth. I mean, my goodness. Are are we are we going overboard with our description? You heard our description there. Are we going overboard or is that fair? 
<laughs> no, I, you had me laughing. That's that's uh, quite a compliment there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, put put us in your mind frame going into the tenth frames of those games. I mean, demanding conditions, Rob. That was they, they were some of the most demanding conditions I've ever seen on a show. Period. Men, women, whatever. U.S. Open. The I whole, mean, yeah. the whole week was like that. Every pattern we pulled on the entire week was so challenging. And then that last pattern played super tricky. But when we got on the pair for the show, it somehow played ten times harder. <laughs> yeah, they were they were brutal. So. Under those conditions, how do you get up in the tenth frame of of both of those games, and and, and muster the the shots that you made? Uh, you know, like at the time, I ha- I honestly have no clue how I did it. Now, a few days later, I've been able to kind of think back on it, and you know, I think it just came everything that I've kind of learned throughout my career just all came together at the right time. Because I've been in that situation so many times before where. I need a shot to win a game, to win a match, to win the tournament, to win a title. And I've done something wrong in my physical game, or I haven't been able to keep my brain quiet. So I didn't throw a good shot. I didn't execute well or hit my mark. And I've gone through so many different things that I failed on before. And every time I've tried to learn from it and make sure it never happens again. So I think when I got up in the 10th frame, my brain was the most quiet it's ever been. I knew exactly what to do. And I knew I had to hit a crack down lane and I just said I'm going to do it and there was no thought process other than that for both shots Rob she said she had to hit a crack I I, I agree <laughs> oh I mean quiet though that I think a, a key a key word in that in, in her statement is that she had a quiet mind and when you read some of these like uh, psychology books like sports psychology books and they're always talking about a quiet mind uh, I wish I can get my mind to be quiet, Mike. Um, my my mind goes a hundred miles an hour while I'm bowling. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. So uh, you you double you double in the tenth, strike in the tenth in the in the semifinal to get to the final. Then you're put in the in the same position in the final, and uh, you know just again two great shots. I mean that was just some some serial Charles Manson level serial killer. Uh, execution on, on those shots. I can't even stress that enough. I I watched so much bowling and I was just blown away that you got up and and were able to throw those shots for that win. It was just amazing. So kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, you bowled for FDU, yes? I did. Good old Fairley Dickinson in North Jersey. So I'm familiar with Fairley Dickinson University. I have several several female homies who are alums of, of FDU. Uh, including Bill O'Neill's wife, Christy O'Neill, and Matt O'Grady's wife, Jolie O'Grady. And uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask, you know, about your experience there and what it was like bowling for Coach Lepresti. I know that he's a New Jersey teacher, and I, I teach in New Jersey public schools as well. I know we can be pretty hard-edged from our experiences there. So talk to us a little bit, Danielle, about your experience at FDU and bowling for uh, Lepresti there. It was a great experience. I mean, right off the bat in my freshman year, we won a NCAA national title. And uh, we made the show, I think it, uh, two years later, we made the show and finished runner-up. So I had a great career there. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience to be able to get my education and compete on, in a team setting every single weekend against the best teams across the country. And that kind of got my feet wet and taught me how to do this on the professional side because I really had to learn how to time manage. I had to learn how to 
keep my body healthy and ready to go week in and week out on these like demanding conditions, which we do by these long tournaments and then turning around and doing it again a few days later. So I, I have to credit my collegiate experience a lot for getting me to this point. Yeah, it's excellent advice for all the, all the young bowlers out there as well. Uh, am I correct or no that while you were in college, while you were bowling your collegiate career, there was no women's tour? Is that correct? Correct. There wasn't for a couple of years after I came out of college as well. Uh, I, I'm not positive on how long it was because looking back, it seems like forever. But I think it was two or three years after college that I was just competing on the men's tour, the world bowling tour and for Team USA before the women's tour came back. Okay, so describe for our listeners, you know, how you feel about now having the opportunity to uh, to, to go out and compete on, on a professional women's tour. It's a dream that I didn't know I had. Uh, like I said, when I came out of college, it's not like I had this dream to one day win a professional title or to compete on a tour because it just was non-existent. It wasn't even a thought process. I just knew I loved bowling and I wanted to continue to get better at it from a Team USA aspect, and that's why I started competing against the guys. Just It was kind of a temporary thing. Like my parents said, go chase your dreams for a few years, and you always have your degree to fall back on. And I'm very lucky that I now get to do what I love instead of use my degree <laughs> that I hope I never have to use. Okay, and what, and what is your degree in? Um, elementary education and psychology. So the plan was to be an elementary teacher. Mm. Mm, I can tell you from personal experience, not that bad. So, you know, <laughs> I like what I do. I, I, I love what I do. I get to see the whole country and the whole world and just spread my love for bowling and live out moments like this past weekend. There's nothing better. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned in, in your last answer about, you know, how you have bowled uh, a number of men's events over the years, uh, should we expect to see you at any of the men's events coming up in the near future? Um, to be completely honest, I'm really slacking in my organization skills this year. Um, so I don't really have much past the tour figured out. I know I have a couple. I'm going to be bowling against the guys in a bunch of international stuff towards the end of the year, but I think they're you know, some of those events or some of our PWBA events. So I'm not sure. Okay, interesting that you you bring that up. So, uh one of our questions, we'd like to hear your thoughts on uh you know, just in general the the bowling entities working together and and to the benefit of competitive bowling. Like we spoke to Daria in our last episode, we had her on, and uh you know, obviously the World Bowling Tour kind of I'm going to use the word separated from the PBA this year and won't won't be uh awarding PBA titles anymore based on the handicap. So, I guess our first question would be, what are your thoughts on that? And secondly, you know, what are your thoughts on more general, the, these organizations or entities within bowling, you know, doing a better job of working together? Well, actually, the the World Bowling Tour is not awarding uh, handicap for women anymore. That's the change that was made. So um, I'm pretty sure it's still a PBA title because of that. It wouldn't be if they awarded handicap, but because they took that away, um, so, and I I'm kind of don't really care about that. I just want a bowl. So if the rules say you're going to give me pins, then that's great. If the rules say you're going to have a woman's spot, that's great. And if not, then I'm going to try to beat the guys. And regardless, I'm still going to go and give my best effort. 
Um, but I think it's definitely hard when you have so many different organizations trying to work together because there's only so much time in the calendar year. So, of course, things are going to overlap, which is very upsetting and frustrating. But the good thing of it is we have so much to bowl. It's a good problem to have because, again, thinking back to when I came out of college and I was like, I don't have a tournament for three months. What am I going to do now? I'm I'm trying to see if I can book a flight to get from the finals of one tournament on one side of the world to qualifying of the next within 12 hours. Hmm. Wow. That's pretty, I mean, that's it. That's a great, great uh, like way to look at it. Uh, one of the other events that I, I, I recently want to say events, but recent news that came out and I know you probably have an opinion on this um, about Team USA bowling. I know you were, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, eight years on Team USA. Correct, she, yeah. yeah, eight years traveling the world. Uh, recent news came out about uh, bowling getting shunned again for the Paris 2024 games. Um, mm-hmm. and bowling is not a sport. Uh, why do you feel like the Olympics keep shunning bowling and uh, what needs to happen uh, for bowling to actually make it into the Olympics? Um, I know I'm honestly not 100% positive. I know I've heard from, you know, just reading different articles and the feedback that we've gotten that we need to reach more than just the bowling world. We need people that aren't necessarily bowlers to be interested in what we're doing, and in particular the youth. Um, But from my perspective, that's really hard to understand because I see bowling growing and I see the reach that I know just myself personally is getting and that I see the reach that the girls and the rest of the tour is getting. And then you go into uh, junior gold events or storm youth events, teen masters, and you see the rates that that's increasing every year. So I, I feel like people are just not educated. Maybe we're not doing a good enough job of really showing the world who we are and what we are capable of. So that's kind of my little goal over the next couple of years is just to try to help promote that as much as possible. I feel like I've grown my, my fan base to be a little bit more than just the bowling world at this point. So I just want to show everyone. Hopefully that'll change their mind. Isn't it crazy though? You you really look at it and you see all the other sports that are on the Olympics and you're sitting there going, uh, you know, is this sport really like break dancing? I think just got into as an Olympic sport. I mean, is, Mm-hmm. Does that have a big youth following? It's just kind of weird. You look at all these crazy sports that the Olympics have, and yet bowling is is still sitting on the sidelines. So, it's, you know, you kind of think maybe there's more to it than that. Sometimes you feel like, well, is there a little bit of, like, you want to think start thinking corruption and, and, and money and, and all other kinds of, like, bad thoughts go go through your mind when you see some other, like, crazy little sports making the Olympics. You know what I mean? Of course. I mean, I I try not to think that way, and I hope that it's not that way. I hope that, you know, it just it is what it is based on the surface. But again, I think that a lot of Olympic sports, you know, you turn on the TV and you want to watch gymnastics. I can't do gymnastics, but it's fun to watch. I want to watch swimming. I can't beat any of them. I can't. I could swim, but not like that. But it's fun to watch. And I think people just don't really understand exactly what we do. That's different than them going to a bowling center and bowling. So uh, I think maybe if we can just continue finding ways of educating the world, we'll be a little more cool in their eyes. 
Absolutely. Well said. So, uh, Danielle, we just have a couple quick fire questions for you before we get you out of here tonight. We know you're very tired and we appreciate your time, but uh, (laughs) we we have a couple quick fire questions that we always like to ask uh, most of the guests that we have on and we didn't want to skip these with you. So uh, our first question is, are are you bowling the Lucy in a couple weeks? I am. Mm. Well, Mm. if something happens with your partner, we want to just put Rob out there. To bowl with. He's, uh, oh, okay. he's the, the self-proclaimed best-looking men's bowler out there that's single and available. And he asked Daria last week to bowl with her, and she turned him down and actually told him, Rob, if you remember, she said, well, I'm bowling with my boyfriend. So not only did she turn you down, but she made it clear that she had a boyfriend as well. But, uh, you know, <laughs> and, you know, if something happens and, you know, your, your partner can't make it or whatever, just hit us up. And, uh, you know, our boy Rob here is ready to go. Rob, is that good? I speak for you. Yep, yeah, I've been, I've been hitting the gym, been working out. I haven't really been bowling that much, but I definitely been hitting that squat rack and uh, trying to get you know those legs, those legs into it. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Okay. All right. His Twitter, oh, his I hope nothing name. happens to my partner because I have a pretty good one, but I'll keep you in mind. Okay, who are you bowling with? Anthony Simonson. Uh, he's got, oh, he's got Rob, nothing on me. No chance, Rob. <laughs> I, mean, zero yeah, I could out bench him though. I could out bench him though, Mike. So. Okay, but still, no chance. I mean, he's a friend of the yeah. show. He's a friend of the podcast, so shout to Anthony Simon. Yo, that's a hell of a team. That's, that's, I know. That's yeah. like a favorite right there, no? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean Danielle, are, are you going to have to um, bowl two-handed to kind of get the read off of what he's doing? I hope not. That's not going to end very well for us if I have to do that. But. <laughs> True. Yeah, just throw it the way you throw it. Your game is tight. Uh, yeah, you're good. Danielle, <laughs> to you, we want to know who is the GOAT for the men and the women. Oh, man. Well, I have to say Liz Johnson for the women. She is – her resume and what she's done is completely out of this world every time I accomplish something I there you know there's like that thought where like oh I did something good but you know I still have to do it 10 more times to catch up to this mm-hmm. um on the men's side I, I think I have to go with Pete Weber same thing he's just he's accomplished so much and it's unbelievable what they've done See, Mike, we're on the same page see that oh, I was gonna say that's an answer after your own heart there dog that is. I've, I've been probably the only one that has said P. Weber out of out of almost every guest we've had. So Danielle, kudos to you in thinking the way I think. It's 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 pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, Danielle, what's your favorite ball ever? Favorite ball ever? Um, I'm gonna have to go with IQ Tour. IQ Tour is kind of in my bag everywhere I go. No matter how many I'm limited to, it's kind of the first one in my bag after my spare ball. So, okay, like that's it. a good choice. I think a lot of people would agree with that, Rob. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's uh, that's definitely one of the benchmark balls the store makes. Yeah, you see a lot of those going down the lane all the time, always. Uh, Danielle, we're gonna get you out of here. Anybody you want to plug? We know you're with Storm. Uh, who, who else supports your career out there? Oh, I have you know, so many people. My team is the best. But as far as my sponsors go, Storm, Turbo, High Five, they've been with me from the start and couldn't be more appreciative of them. Of them. Absolutely. So you guys heard it. If you're a fan of Danielle or a fan of bowling in general, support the companies that support these folks. They they uh, make it possible for them to do what they do. Check these ladies out on bowl.com. 
right? Check them out and, and them doing their thing and uh, check them on TV when, when they may be on there. And uh, Danielle, congrats again on the U.S. Open win. I mean, crazy, crazy performance. Thank you performance. so much. Thank you. No, thank you thank for the time. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yep. Bye. Rob, thoughts, quiet mind. You were right. Interesting. I wanted to follow up there, too. We were thinking the same thing. Very, very interesting. You could tell that the mental game is important to her. Yeah, uh, I mean, you just see so much, like, like you read about a lot of the sports psychology and, like, what people do to, like, under pressure. And, I mean, that's just what she did under pressure is something I think people could learn. Like, it, it, it's amazing not a lot of people ask that about pros when they're like talking to them. They're always asking, well, what balls are you throwing or, 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 or who's working with you physically? But I mean, you don't ever really ask a pro, like what's going on through your mind when you're getting up to throw, you know, really pressure filled shots. And a lot of people say the same like answer. It's like, they're not thinking about anything. You know, their mind is quiet. And I remember I had a, a chat one night with Robert Smith at the Orleans bar in Vegas. It was like 2 a.m. and we were just having a few beers. And I asked Robert Smith, I said, what do you think about when you when you were at your best bowling? And he said two words, I strike. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, you, you know, I think about 100 things, my balance, my swing, where I'm looking, what the ball is going to do. She was quiet. Her mind was quiet. She, and she aced him. Yeah, it had to, you know, I mean, like ultimate pressure situation for the biggest title in bowling uh, that everybody wants to win and had to throw a perfect shot, literally, you know, super demanding. I mean, like crazy. And yeah, just like I said, ultimately impressed by her performance there. So uh, shout to her. We enjoyed having her on. And Rob, I think we want to put out there again, you know, any of the ladies, we love the ladies on Sweep the Rack, right, Rob? Right. I mean, it's, you know, the PWBA is, is, is in full swing. And, uh, you know, these, these women are unbelievable bowlers. They, they work their asses off. And I, I definitely love the fact that we could uh, showcase them. Yeah, get at us. Get at us if you want to come on the show. We ain't hard to get at. Sweep the racket Gmail. Hit us up. So, Rob, it's a big weekend for the PBA this weekend as well. Yeah, summer swing officially starting, no? Absolutely. Uh, Lubbock Sports Shootout presented by Ebonite, uh, Lubbock, Texas. There's a there's a pretty decent amount on the line, right? Like they have some some top eight uh, finalists going to China or something, right? Hey, can, you, can you clarify? Because I'm kind of still a little bit for the for the viewers here, kind of a little bit fuzzy on what's exactly at stake here. Yeah, so. Uh, there's, there's several, I believe, you know, extra incentives to, uh, to bowling the, the summer tour, the summer swing. And, uh, some of it, like you said, is qualifying for extra events. I believe one of those events is, is in China. Another one is being run by flow bowling. And I believe there's also a separate prize fund for the highest point finisher for the, uh, summer swing. So, yeah, I mean, this is the first event in that series, so definitely a lot on the line for these guys. Yeah, definitely kind of start over, you know, from the from the 
the tour that happened, you know, that finished uh, last month. It's a good time for everyone to kind of hit the reset button and, and, and start over again. Uh, actually, I'm pretty excited because the end of the summer series is uh, is close to where I live here in uh, Chicago. So I, I'm definitely going to be able to go check that out for, for a day or two and, uh, you know, see see what's going on out there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, going through the roster here, Rob, you know, just to give the rundown, uh, you, you got Dick Allen as the defending champion. Okay. Uh, you know, so, so obviously he's got to be somebody that you're watching. Uh, Andrew Anderson is bowling this event. Uh, DJ Archer, Chris Barnes, Dom Barrett, uh, Jason Belmonte, Rob, bowling this event. Uh, Josh Blanchard, uh, Nathan Board, Jacob Buttriff, AJ Chapman, Tom Darty. And I'm just going through here, just kind of seeing some of the uh, the names that we might recognize here. Uh, Michael Holloman, you know, making his mm-hmm. bid for Rookie of the Year. A.J. Johnson, Tommy Jones, Mitch Hoopy made a show at the World Series. Marshall well, Kent. Well, wait, let me cut you off here. So who's your gut, man? Who, who do you like in, that's going to that's gonna take over the Summer Series, like in general, the whole Summer Series, right? Like who do you feel like? Who, who who you feel like is going to have a good one? Who's going to who's going to make all the shows or some of the shows or, or going to be, you know, like winning the most or be on TV the most? You know. Well, that's a tough question because it kind of depends uh, how many events these guys are going to bowl, right? I, I don't I don't know who's going to bowl how many events. You know, if you tell me, well, they're all going to bowl all the events. Um, yeah, I'd probably have to go with, you know, the, the regular picks, you know, your, your EJ Tackett, your Bill O'Neill, your Chris Prather, you know, those, those bowlers who have been bowling really well lately. Um, you know, perhaps Jacob Butcher, if I would, I would put in the mix in that, depending on where they're, where they're, you know, what bowling centers they're bowling in and whether he has a favorable look or not. We all know that when he does, it's pretty tough to beat him. So yeah, all, all the regular names, if it's an even, even playing field, but you know, it is the summer, and I'm sure these guys are going to pick and choose what events they want to bowl. You know, some of the names here that, that are missing from the roster are, are kind of surprising, Rob. I don't see Chris Prather's name here. Hey, man, he, he's out spending that 100000 that he won. Mm, true, yeah. Uh, Bill's bowling this event, Sean Rash. Nick Pate, shout to Nick Pate. Rob, we had him on a couple weeks ago to discuss his little, uh, his little, his little uh-oh. Uh, occurrence. So shout to him. Want to see him do do big things. EJ Tackett, the Tackett brothers, the Tang brothers, Richie Teese, Kyle Troop. There's another one, Rob. That's somebody who I would I would definitely place a wager on to have a good summer series if if his injury is healed. Hmm. You know, Stuart I, I, Williams. I, shout yeah, to Stuart Williams. Got a good gut feeling about at least Lubbock. Chris Barnes, man. Chris Barnes, a Texas guy. So I, I kind of, he was the first, my first gut instinct for the Lubbock Open. So I don't know why. Yeah, I don't, I like, I'm I'm like surprised, surprised to not see Anthony Simonson on the list. I know he's over in, uh, in Singapore right now, bowling an event over there. So that, you know, that probably has something to do with why he's not bowling this event, but you know, Texas, you would imagine that, uh, that's in his backyard somewhere. So surprised to not see him there, but, uh, yeah, definitely somewhat of a strong field, Rob. Yeah, I mean, these guys want to bowl, right? Just their living, their career. So anything they could bowl that they can get, you know, a, a PBA title and they can make some money and keep themselves sharp, 
you know, for the majors, uh, you'll see most of them out there, I would imagine. Yeah, I like uh, I like the guys who just came off a bowl in the Weber Cup too, and Barnes is one of those guys because they got that extra competitive work in, you know. And yeah, I just I I, I like those guys to perform well because they're just coming off just coming off that event. Mike, speaking about the Weber Cup show, oh, we got to talk about Chris Barnes getting hung hung out to dry, and then our, our boy Jimmy from from the Ring and Ten coming with that fire meme. Yeah, the I fire was, gift. Yeah, no doubt. Dude, I was I was on the floor laughing because like I I was just I saw it happen like on TV and I'm like oh my goodness like and then I hit up Jimmy up I'm like yo like this got meme written all over it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, so he came through. For anybody who didn't see it, you can follow the Ringing Ten on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Uh, our man Jimmy is always putting out the fire, but uh. When Anthony Simonson struck to wrap up the match, you know, Stu Williams had kind of given him the business in the frame before, you know, the strike before. And when Simonson struck to uh, to lock up the match, he really wanted to make sure that Stu understood that he was giving him the business directly. And Chris Barnes jumped off the bench and went to give Simonson a, a double high five. And Rob Simonson just walked right past him like he wasn't even there. Dude, it was... <laughs> And, oh, my goodness. I, I felt bad for Barnes, man. <laughs> but I couldn't stop laughing. Like, it was just funny. Like, it was a funny moment. And then after he did it, I kind of feel like he didn't do it intentional. I kind of felt like he just was making a point, right? Like, a, like you know what? Like, the, I'm, I'm too badass to high five. Right now, I'm going to wait. Like, then it didn't feel like he did it to, 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 to make fun of Barnes. He did it to, like, put a stamp on that strike. Yeah, no, nah, he was just totally focused on Stu. And, and get getting it Stu and giving him the business. He was right towards him, beeline, direct to him. Stu will do that to you, man. Stu will do that to you. He will get under your skin when you're bowling. I've bowled against Stu before, and he could do that. He can. He's one of the best shit talkers out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, Simonson, you know, the big ticket, man. I'm telling you, I, I want that nickname to stick with him because, you know, when he's – when it when it's big when it's big time and it's he's for the cheese man Simonson is just is, is he's got the nuts man he 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 pures that yeah absolutely and he he did in the Weber Cup too but uh, Rob we actually so you said it was on TV it wasn't on TV it was on the Zone Network right that you have to subscribe to but uh, we subscribed just for the Weber Cup yes that's what we do man we're bowlers we got we got to see what's going on the fan of bowling. And you support bowling, you support bowling. That's it. Bottom right. line. So I thought they did a really good job, though. Shout to them. I mean, the announcers didn't know shit uh, about bowling, which was kind of annoying, especially since the scoring wasn't following a traditional scoring uh, outlook. But Timmy Mack was awesome in the booth. Thank God for Timmy Mack. Otherwise, I would have had to watch it on mute. But – uh yeah, it, it was it was good. The production was good. I like the bowling on the one lane. I like how they go shot for shot in the tenth frame. Like no, n- the person doesn't bowl the whole tenth. They they go one shot, one shot, one shot, one shot. So I just thought that was interesting. But uh, yeah, a little bit confusing to to watch with the different scoring system. But uh, great competition though, Rob. And USA comes out on top. Yeah, different comp- a different kind of competition. You know, like it, not not your ordinary. Uh, PBA type, 
you know, setup, uh, you know, major or Portland setup. Different, though. Not bad, though. Not bad at all. It was it had a different feel to it, it almost like a uh, like a, a European feel to it. Right. Like a, more of an international type show when you get that idea or that feeling. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it seemed like they had fans of one uh, team sitting on one side, fans of the other team sitting on the other side. You know, I kind of like that. I think it kind of played into it. So, yeah, in, in general, I thought it was really good. And, you know, if uh, if you subscribed and you checked it out, I think it was only 20 bucks for the month. There's also a lot of MMA stuff on there, it looks like. So you get 30 days. I was really only planning to use it for, to, for the Weber Cup. But, uh, yeah, I was definitely impressed, and I was glad I subscribed because the competition was good, and it was uh, it was something that I was glad that I, w- I watched after it was done. Nice. Yeah, uh, that, it was definitely a pretty good uh, outlet show for sure. Uh, so, Mike, what do you think about uh, – I commented on this on, on Twitter today uh, about uh, the Teen Masters, uh, our friend Gary Beck. Remember when we, we bowled the Teen Masters? I think that was the first – inaugural teen masters right that was like 98 yo let me be clear rob i have beef with gary beck all right oh, oh i believe gary beck i'm gonna tell you why no let me explain okay, okay. because you know in 1998 myself and bill o'neill and, and joey pants and don Pyle, shout to don Pyle, east coast legend uh we all decided to drive out together to ohio for the for the teen masters that year and uh rob we were totally and utter well all of us but bill were totally and utterly unprepared for what we were about to experience (laughs) which was a debacle of a lane condition now realize that at that time we didn't really know about lane conditions right rob like there were no patterns there were no pattern names you know, it was just they were either easy, tough. It was either house or tough. That was pretty much it. And Rob, something malfunctioned with the lane machine. I believe is is the is the story of legend. And man, they were a mess out there. I remember it being like just oil to the deck. Oh, they were brutal. They were brutal. Um, and. I bowled that year too, and we hung out too. We partied in the hotel room. <laughs> you remember? There was, much, there was much partying going on at that event because most of us were out of it after the first five games, as I remember. <laughs> uh, you bowled well. Bill bowled really well. You guys both made the finals, and we stayed and rooted you on. But yes, I did. Uh, I did my fair share of partying at that event, for sure. I believe we invented a drink at that event, uh, where, which was uh, like like beer mixed with lemonade. And uh, lemonade, lemonade mix. mix. Yeah, yeah. I forget what we called it, but uh, yeah, yeah, we were definitely getting it in in Ohio at that time. But yeah, they Rob, tell me that wasn't one of the hardest lane conditions you ever bowled on up to this day. Yes, it was. It was absolutely. I'll never forget it. I was leaving pocket five pins, and you know, uh, I was. I, I have the I have the standing sheet somewhere in my collection, Mike. I got to find it and post it on social media. Because yeah, uh, I, I remember yeah. that there was one person plus in the building, and it was a girl who was left-handed. I may be wrong about the name, but I want to say Carrie Schwager was yeah, her name. She, yeah, I actually saw her a few weeks ago. She lives in Chicago, believe it or not. Okay, all right. So she was the – I mean, that that's how hard they were. I still remember who went plus at that tournament, like, this right. many years later. 
So, yep. I mean, they were absolutely brutal. Brutal. Yep. Like, I, I remember calling the first five games and just being so confused. And then I walked down and I saw Bill was, was bowling well. And I watched him throw a few shots and I'm like, oh, okay. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, mm. I just had a complete wrong idea, as most people did. So, yeah, uh, thank God we had a good time out there, though, no? Yeah, fallbacks. Fallbacks from 20. I, was, I remember I still you was using a uh, negative pin Akuda C. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking I was 190 under for, like, the, the, the qualifying. And I was, like, I qualified, like, eighth or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if that condition was out for the junior goal today, uh, you would see like half the kids like crying and packing up their shit and going home. Honestly, like it, it was bad, but you know, Hey, I grew up in the slums in Brooklyn, man, bowling on the, the gr- grimiest grind shit you could think, imagine. So for me, it was just another day bowling at, at Gil Hodges lanes in Brooklyn uh, for everybody else. It looked like they freaking saw a ghost leaving there. Yeah, they were pretty brutal, but uh, yeah, so I, I remember that. Story, I like, think Brian, Brian Hatcher won that event. Yes. I'm pretty sure, yes. Uh, you know, yeah. he was great junior bowler, and you know, uh, we definitely uh, had right, a good so, time. So back to the original so story. Ahead. Now the youth masters. Uh, so that's why I have beef with Gary Beck, right? Sorry, yeah. sorry, Gary. Yeah. But we don't even know each other. But you know, I apologize. So youth masters is doing things differently nowadays, Rob. Yeah, there he's trying to like reinvent the wheel here with the the one bowling ball, like literally, like making everybody use the same bowling ball. Uh, I think it's some kind of like bulb core, just resin, like plain Jane type bowling ball and everybody, right. I'm, I don't know the exact rules, but I'm pretty sure you could only throw that ball. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that. I just, I, I you know, I see, I see the, the point and what he's trying to do. I just not, I'm not a fan of, of that just in the fact that there's a few reasons why. And I guess the main reason is uh, that's not the sport these days, man. Like, that's not what bowling is. You know, that's, you know, oh, well, you want to test the real skill of bowlers by having them all use the same ball. But that's not the skill today. The skill is having eight to ten bowling balls knowing what ball to use, what ball not to use, what layout, what surface. There's a lot of skill that goes into it, but that's a big part of the game these days. So I get like what you're trying to do and trying to bring back the days when you only had one or two bowling balls. But I just kind of feel like, especially the days of the two-handed bowlers, when you have a two-handed bowler now and they're only allowed to throw one ball and the other guys are only allowed to throw one ball, I feel like that's a super advantage for a two-handed kid. I mean, Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's obvious. I mean, it goes without saying almost. But, uh, I mean, look, to, to me the point is that the game isn't going back to that, right? So, right. you know, you can have an event like that if you want. That's fine. But And, and I understand what it, what it does test. It, it, to me, it tests the – versatility of the players not so much who's the best player but who's the most versatile player um because obviously if you're limited in the bowling balls you can use i think they also use very limited amounts of oil on the lane so you know obviously your versatility is going to be tested there what can you do with your hand position what can you do with you know different loft angles with the ball 
to create different looks uh, on the lane. But uh, yeah, like you said, I'm not so sure that it, that it tests who's the best bowler, you know, certainly not in the current environment, but you know, listen, shout to Gary back though. Cause, cause here's the bottom line, Rob, like for years now, you know, we were just talking about how we went to his event in 1998 for years. Now he's been providing a, a, a great outlet for high level junior bowling. You know, and he's really done some big things in terms of the scholarship money that he's given away and uh, some of the events that he's run. So, you know, shout to him on that, e- even if we don't really see eye to eye on the uh, on the one ball issue. Yeah, no, I'm not taking any away from Gary Back. Look like he's, you know, he's doing his thing. He's definitely, uh, you know, giving the outlets his kids to bowl. Uh, you know, I just think you. the other point, I guess, that does I'm not a fan of is you're kind of taking away uh, a a big supporter of the industry of bowling is the bowling ball companies, you know, like hammer and EBI and storm and Brunswick. I, they do so much for the sport. Uh, and they're such big promoters of the sport. I kind of feel like it just takes them out of play for like w- one of the biggest junior tournaments in, in the country, if not the world. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm never a fan of, of, of pulling out like, big bowling ball companies out of tournaments because of how much they do for the sport. All right. Fair enough, man. Yeah. So good luck to all those junior bowlers headed to, uh, to the team masters. We'll be keeping an eye on that, Rob. Yeah. I'd love to have the, whoever wins on, maybe we could uh, reach out after uh, they, they win or they could reach out to us. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Hit us up. We ain't hard to get a hold of. Sweep the rack at gmail.com. Get at us. All right, Rob. So that about does it for the people tonight. Yeah, you know, great episode. You know, we heard from Danielle McEwen about her big U.S. Open title, uh, going into serial killer mode, throwing those last uh, two games, the double and the tenth. You know, talked about uh, the Lubbock Open. I think everybody needs to go and uh, check that out this uh, coming week and weekend. Uh, it's going to be a big, uh, big tournament for start of the summer swing. And uh, yeah, talked a little bit about the Youth Masters and uh, what's going on uh, with the one ball and. You know uh, some of the, you know big uh, big events that are coming up in the in, in the bowling world. So, you know we look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week, and uh, you know keep having on some great guests for our fans here in uh, Flow Bowling. And yeah, I'm just uh, you know excited to be part of Flow Bowling and 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 doing great things here. Yeah, it's a great time to uh, to have Flow Bowling and be a subscriber. A lot of things to watch coming up. Well, not only this weekend, but over the next few weeks and months. So, uh, you know, a lot to check out there, Rob. Also, a lot to talk about. So, we'll be here. Yeah. And uh, for all the fans out there, if you haven't already, follow us on social media. Sweep the Rack on all platforms. Email us, sweep the rack at Gmail. You know, we're not easy. We're not hard to get a hold of. So, email us, tweet us, Facebook us. Uh, anybody out there in, in the bowling world that's interested in being a guest, Get at us, DM us, email us, shoot us a text, seriously, uh, you know. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we look forward to uh, our next week's uh, episode and, uh, you know, sure to have some good guests. So uh, it's about wraps it up, Mike. Uh, you know, hope you have a great week, man, and uh, we'll, 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 see you. we'll see you next week. All right, homie. Be easy. <laughs>